Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We truly hope you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. Well, I'm going to share just kind of a hodgepodge of some different things today that have been on my heart, but I think it's going to kind of come back to one main theme. Um, there's just so much going on. It's so funny, too, you know, being on the worship team, I've got to like catch my bearings and like, okay, now I'm going to speak. Totally shift gears out of creative right-brained to you know, more left mixed brain. Uh, so anyway, so this has been great. So I have some things in my heart. Um, we heard a really a good message last week from John Lampanero. I'd encourage you to listen to it if you haven't uh, heard it, but it was very much what I was really hoping I'd hear and what I was expecting about what God is saying about for this next season. And John just shared some things that really encouraged us and talked about like getting ready for what God wants to do. And, you know, coming expectant on Sunday mornings. And even, like, just a fun little, hey, set your alarm Thursday night at 6.30. Sunday's coming. Like, get ready. Get expectant, you know. We used to have this thing on the worship team here years ago where we talked about, you know, um, you know, if 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 your heart was to encounter and experience God and you knew that whoever your hero was, let's say, was going to be here Sunday morning, you know, let's say, you know, back days we, you know, whatever you want to say, the president was coming Sunday morning, you would all be in bed a little earlier the night before, and you'd be ready, and you'd be prepared, and I guarantee you the worship team would have practiced really hard, and you'd be in your best gear. You know one wants to make the mistake when that morning comes, but in a healthy way, I feel like that's kind of like getting your heart ready to encounter God. And, you know, it's not that we're, like, gearing up to perform, but there is something exciting about coming together and just seeing what God's going to do. Um, and this is not a church where we're just going to be pew sitters and, you know, just a volunteer staff of everyone who's up serving. No, it's like you, we're ministers. This is a house of ministers of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I just encourage you in that. It's... Um, you know, this is going to be an engaged, activated place, and uh, it already is, and we're just going to keep growing in that direction. Um, but I wanted to just give a little bit of an update, too, just for those of you who are new, because we have a lot of new people here over the last several months. Um, it, we're coming up, uh, my wife Joy and I, and uh, are coming up on almost a six-month since we were past the baton uh, from Pastor Ralph, who graciously, and I think we all got to commend Pastor Ralph on how he did this transition um, you know, he's so gracious in such a father's heart and a kingdom-minded person. It's like, wow, you know. So. I'll give you the 20 bucks later. You know. <laughs> or you give me the 20 bucks, <laughs> whatever. Um, but no, I, I really mean that. I think it was amazing. I think it transitioned, things transitioned here amazingly well because in large part due to Ralph and his heart and the pastoral team here, um, but I'll tell you, it was a journey getting to that point. I want to share just a little glimpse of it to you because I don't want to assume everyone knows. Um, it's a little bit of a different model, what God's doing here. And when I talked about you know, the saints of God being activated as ministers of the gospel, that's really our heart. It's not a one-man show who we issue orders and everyone goes and does everything. I'm not saying that model isn't work in some cases. It's fine. It's just not necessarily what we're called to do here and how we're called to make an impact. Um, but Joy and I, my wife and I, um, we started feeling this call to senior level leadership some few years ago. Um, when that, and then we kind of looked and said, oh yeah, God's been preparing us our whole life for this, you know, but we were serving where we were planted. It wasn't like 
we were gunning for it for 20 years and it was we finally reached the pinnacle or anything. Um, it just kind of came to us. And, um, but it was interesting. Um, I shared a little bit uh, you know, with some friends recently on this, but going back to 2014, you know, we were actively with Ralph and the pastoral team talking about the transition and Joy and I coming into this. And we were praying and saying, you know, even up to last through 2015 of last year, saying, God, we know we're called to do it. We just don't know how it's going to happen. Um, for those of you who don't know, I, I don't work here full-time out of the church. Um, I'm full-time in business and consulting community in Rochester. Uh, I spend most of my days actually meeting with business leaders, uh, owners of companies, CFOs, and business strategy and all that stuff, and human resource strategies, initiatives, and all that um, so that's what we were doing. And what we had felt like God had done was he integrated us pretty well into the community here in Rochester. And then at the same time, we're feeling on our heart like, God, you've called us to senior leadership. How is that going to work? Like, am I supposed to step out of everything? Is that what you're calling us to do? So we and some of our close friends knew that. We've been talking about it. We've been praying about it with them. Many in here, like, we feel God saying this. I just don't know how it's going to happen. Um, but then last December, I will never forget it, we were sitting with a real close group of friends, um, and the question came out is, okay, God, you, you've been called to this, um, why can't you do both? And it was like, huh, I think we were all kind of embarrassed that we never really thought of that. Um, but immediately, like, confusion lifted, and it was like, yes, God, you aren't calling us to drop out of everything and just you know, work out of the church. Now, there are people that do that, and I support that. And, and I've been blessed by full-time ministers, and I, I may transition there at some point. I mean, I don't know, so it's nothing against anything. I'm just giving you some background into kind of what happened with our journey and our story. Um, but so, in, and then heating it up into last fall, okay, God opens up just doors. You know, the Churchill Chile School District Board, the Board of the Business Council for Rochester, and it's like, God, I feel like you're integrating me more, but yet you're calling me to transition. So that was the challenge we were having of like, God, what is that? How are we going to make that work? Well, that one night, that question came out. I felt like God did that. He highlighted it. He lifted confusion. And he said, for a season or whatever it is, you guys are going to run and you're going to train up leaders. You're going to run with a whole herd and pack of people that are hungry about God, that are want to encounter God. You're going to have lots of leaders and that's the type of church that we envision here, is an engaged and a church that actually makes an impact. So now we're six months in. I've had people that have come up to me, a couple. And most everybody's been so encouraging. Um, but every once in a while you get the one person, well, how do you think you're going to do both? I'm like, I don't know. We're doing it. I don't know what to tell you. It's been almost six months. We love it. It's great. You know, God has planted us out in the community to be an influence and to make impact. And we're also here. We're involved. We're serving. We've got an amazing group, a team of people that we love. And I don't know what to tell you. God's ways are different than our ways sometimes. And the way, right? I mean, come on. So that's exciting. And, um, you know, and it's like hardly a week goes by where I'm not having a lunch or something with a business leader and it comes up and, you know, it comes up about church and I say, yeah, we, you know, lead a church on the west side of great people and, and then they start sharing their heart to you. 
And uh, then, you know, the, the tears start coming down. You know, I've been trying so hard or, you know, I've been trying to attend my church and I want my kids to feel engaged. And, you know, I've had business leaders sit there and cry, you know, tears in their eyes at lunch. And you get to encourage them and speak into their lives and they don't even know it, you know. And it's like, wow, God, maybe you have something way bigger in mind than what I've understood, you know. I remember one, uh, just a couple weeks ago, we were talking... And this gentleman was raised in Catholicism, and uh, he's a you know, pretty high-level guy for a bank in, in Rochester. And uh, we were talking about uh, his kids, and one of his daughters goes to Roberts Wesley. And I said, oh, I didn't know that, Roberts Wesley. I said, our church is right around the corner. And he said, um, oh, my gosh, he's, I'm texting her right now to let her know. He's like, I just came out of Catholicism. We've just started going to this non-denominational church. I'm just getting used to it, and we got to talk about it and share and help him understand some of our craziness, you know. And uh, so, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but interpret some things for him, help him. You know, this God is just doing an amazing thing in their family. And I totally would have not have expected that. And I never would have met this person had I not, you know, been doing what I'm doing. Um, so I'll tell you this. There are business leaders in this community listening to our podcasts. Um, you would be very surprised as to who. So God is um, using this place here to make an influence, not just in Rochester, but elsewhere. We have a family here who recently moved from Colorado. Some of you have gotten to know them. They were listening to our podcast, and God supernaturally spoke through it. God called them here to come out and relocate and bring their family. And to, I mean, you don't, we don't know the impact of what's really happening here. And I think it's really exciting. We all got to know that. Just be faithful and do what you're called to do and watch God do his stuff because it's pretty crazy. I mean, stuff I, you could never possibly plan or think through you know and for us planners it's like and then you see god come through and with his plans it's like holy cow god you are so much bigger than our little minds you know and we think we're so smart you know? <laughs> i don't i know you all do but you know i don't um so yeah so that's i guess i just wanted to share that is our heart you know our heart is to be out there influencing the community really a part of city of rochester and so many people from here getting raised up and going out and making an impact of whatever you're called to do. You know, I mean, my heart is for the business community, for education, for all these things. We've got so many teachers here. We've got business people. We've got so much social work. Just, I mean, mothers, moms groups, I mean, that are sewing all over upstate New York. Uh, it's just really good. We want to have a vibrant family here. It's a place where we're going to be lots of leaders and a lot of engaged leaders we want to be a church that is engaged in the purposes of God, okay? Uh, I mean, that's my heart. That's our heart, is that we are here and we are engaged in the purposes of God. You know, um, I, I like the whole thing of connection. You know, I, I really like that. But I, connection is great. But then there's a whole nother level of being engaged. You know, churches talk about connect. And I agree with that. You've got to connect. You can't engage without connection, um, but you can connect without engagement. And I think we're looking for more than just connect. We want people that are engaged. Um, so, okay, I'm going to just share this a little bit. This isn't like Steve Hogan's life day today, but uh, I wanted to share some things. Um, God spoke a while back that my life would be a prophetic message, and I had a word on that like 15 years ago. And just recently, I've been putting some of those pieces together and asking the Lord for some understanding. And I'm going to start sharing a little bits and pieces here that I think are relevant for where we're going. 
Um, but I think sometimes, how many know, sometimes in your past, you can look at things that have happened that can be a prophetic indicator of you, where you're going. Yeah, you know, you can have things that you've been through, you've walked through, that you've even worked at or been employed at, and that can be a prophetic picture of what God has been preparing you for and is calling you into. And we see this all throughout the Bible. You see David tending sheep, you know, and years later he's tending a whole lot more sheep, like the whole kingdom of Israel, you know, or Moses, same thing, you know, and then he's leading all these people through the wilderness. Um, so, you know, Joshua, the first mention of him was fighting, and then he ends up being like the greatest warrior king, you know. I mean, so there's things sometimes in our past that are a prophetic picture of what he's called us to do. So I know I even hear people thinking, oh yeah, drawn associations now out there. Yeah, this, this does have some meaning. It does. Ask the Lord to highlight those things. Um, so here's one that has happened recently with me, and it ties in with us, which is so interesting to me. Um, my first job, I'm, I'm going to say my first job, not like delivering papers. You know, I don't count that as a job. I think that was just a rite of passage or torture. <laughs> Um, I was just talking about that with my mom. I mean, does anyone remember where they had like penny savers? You know, penny savers? Well, that was like my first thing. I wouldn't even call that a job. I would call that inhumane punishment. But, I mean, we would like Sunday night, we'd get like 400 of them delivered to our house. And I was in like 6th, 7th grade, and my mom thought it would be a great idea for me to do this. So we would stuff like 400 papers into plastic bags and put them all into this big, huge bag that I would sling around my neck and ride my bike all over Chai Lai and deliver these penny savers that nobody would ever read on the planet. I mean, it's that thing that sits in your box, and it's like you immediately take it and throw it out in the garbage. Like, what is this? It's a yellow piece of newspaper. I mean, it must be garbage. Well, I was delivering those, and I look back at it, and I'm like, Mom, why did you ever think that was like a good idea? I mean, I was doing it through, like, snow and, like, the worst weather conditions you could imagine, driving down Ramblewood all over Chai Lai and, you know, with this huge bag. I mean, it was just a nightmare. And it was so horrible at the end of the week to get a check for, like, $8. And it was like, <laughs> I, I was out there for six hours. I risked my life, you know, to deliver these. Nobody's ever going to read them. But, so I don't count that. We're going to skip over that job. And, we're going to talk about my real first job. Uh, so my first real job, actually, well, I worked right down at this, uh, down this street. It used to be at the time called the Union Community Greenhouse. And I know, Jan, you knew I was going to probably say that, right? Um, the Union Community Greenhouse, I think it has a different name now. Um, but I was in, like, I don't know, eighth or ninth grade. I'd come home from school. Has anyone ever worked in a greenhouse or for a flower place? Okay, so some people have. Um, it was actually really interesting. I really loved it. I mean, I didn't know any better. Compared to the paper route, it was amazing, you know? So I'm like, this is, they treat people well. So you had a limited spritzers. I could go in and drink. I was pounding those all day long. It was great. Um, but uh, so that was interesting. But, you know, my whole job, I was like the only one working in this huge greenhouse. And I would go in there, I'd sign my time, and, you know, here's when I came in. And do, I thought that was really cool. And then uh, I would, like, pot plants, like, for hours. And you start, like, in February. You do it in March. You know, you, uh, I don't remember totally what I did, but I remember standing in front of this big thing with all this soil, and I'd be potting plants and putting them into things, and I don't know what they did with something with them. They took them out, and I was the guy behind the scenes 
potting all the plants, you know, tending the flowers. And I spent all this time just learning about flowers and how things grew. I was so fascinated with it, and so much so. My mom would laugh if she's, I don't know if she's here, my dad's here. But, oh, hi, Dad, I didn't know if you were here. Um, my, uh, I loved it so much that I came home and I ripped apart my mom's front yard, and I planted all these rose bushes there. And then I moved out like a couple years later, right? And then they were all still there and nobody was tending to them. But the rose bushes are the one things you don't want to plant if you're not going to like tend them daily. <laughs> so my mom still killed me. She's like, you ripped up our whole front yard, you planted all these rose bushes, and then you left. And, you know, it's like I'm stuck with all of these, you know, nobody, I didn't want them in the first place. Um, but I was learning all this stuff and I was really fascinated with how things grew. Um, you know, even this past fall. I think we were in San Francisco in the Muir Woods walking through the Redwood Forest. And man, when you walk through and you see these trees that are, you know, 350 feet, some of the biggest ones tall, it is mind-blowing. And then they tell you that some of them were there since the days Christ walked the earth. You're like, wow. I mean, a tree, something that was planted that grew to be the size of a skyscraper and has been around for 2,000 years. It's just mind-blowing. But, you know, just how things grow. And then you learn the things. What is needed for growth? There's got to be water. There's got to be warmth or sunlight. And then there's got to be good soil. So my job was to water, was to plant, was to tend to the plants. Um, and, uh, and I loved that. It was really cool. You know, you, you grow them inside, and then you take them outside, and you display them, and then people buy them. And they bloom somewhere and, you know, do what they were created to do, and they look vibrant, and they look great. So that is part of my history. And oddly enough, things have been happening over the last several months where people would come to me having no idea, and I didn't even draw the connection, about greenhouse. And they would use the word greenhouse around me. I was like, well, it's really odd that you just mentioned that because someone else said the same thing, you know. And God started, you know, just through people that had no idea. Um, and then God brought, earlier, had brought to remembrance of this in my first job. Uh, and then I got a prophetic word that I'm going to share with you. And uh, it was for me, but it's also for us. And I hope you can hear that in this. And this came through about a month ago from a pastor who's a prophetic who had no idea, really, hardly what's even going on here. Um, but he sent this to me, and it said this, I believe that God is giving you grace and revelation to govern God's people along with him. I see you stewarding God's kingdom greenhouse. You're going to know proper air exchange, soil composition, and everything having to do with producing healthy growth. All this wisdom will come from the Lord, but he wants to release it. I thought, wow, that is really interesting. And then the Lord like hit me. It's like, yeah, that makes total sense. God is saying something. And I love when God makes it something so clear to you. Anyone ever had that happen where so many things hit you at the same time and it is like, wow. And then something happens that is like, yep, now it all makes sense. And that's kind of the aha moment I had. But I just want to say this, you know, that we are in the right place here at the right time. God is highlighting these things, not only just in, for my life, but to confirm things and to give us courage on what he's calling us to do. So all of us can have courage. I think last week John said something I completely agree with. The boldness is contagious. Yeah. And when God gives you boldness for something, you go after it, it encourages other people. 
Um, so I just want to encourage us with that. But at New Hope, that's kind of what I see this as, and it makes sense, is we are a one large kingdom greenhouse where there's going to be so much growth happening, uh, people putting in roots, growing in good soil, and then getting planted, you know? And honestly, I see the planting in all different ways. I mean, when you, we come out of here, like we talked about today, I mean, we come here expectant to worship, to encounter God, to experience Him, and then we have to go out, right, Monday morning? Not always the most exciting time when you got to go back out to work Monday morning. You have an amazing service, you encounter God, and it's like, yep, yeah, i got to go back to the grind. Sam Pernicano called me once. He said he gets the, the Sunday night terrors, right? Sam, <laughs> Sam and Jane, I'd love that. This, about 4 o'clock it starts, yeah. The Sunday night terrors. I love the honesty there. Like, oh, another week. Oh, God. You know, but that's part of the planting. It's like, you know, you go out and you bloom where God's planted you. And you become this vibrant plant, vibrant tree that people just look at and say, wow, that is beautiful. That has been, that's so healthy. You know, I want that thing, you know. Um, and I think, you know, no matter how cold it was outside, it was always warmer in the greenhouse because the greenhouse traps in sunlight and it keeps the heat in. So it keeps this warmth in there all the time. Um, so it could have been, like, February, and I would be back there in, like, you know, jeans and a shirt, and everyone else is outside in, you know, bundled-up coats. But the greenhouse is, there's so much growth. And if you've ever walked through there or you ever go walk through Garden Factory, you can smell the growth in the air. I'm telling you, there's just something so fresh and so vibrant and so clear that you can literally smell the growth happening there. I don't even know how to explain it, but if you've ever walked through it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, So even here at New Hope, like our heart is that this would be good soil that you can put down roots in good and healthy soil. Um, Ralph and I were talking last week about one of our vineyards, right? Ralph, you like to go to, anyone ever been to Dr. Frank's Vineyard in Cayuca Lake? Uh, You know, it's really cool. Well, Ralph, you had a conversation with someone who worked there, right? And they were saying that one of the the vines, you know, like the whole wine vine, I mean, the whole thing from John 15, uh, you know, know, Father's the vine, uh, whatever, uh, Jesus is the vine, Father's the vine dresser. The vine is like, what, four feet tall, three feet tall. I mean, the vine isn't really that huge coming out of the ground. It like comes up to about here, and then all these branches come out of it, and out where all the grapes and leaves and everything start growing. But Ralph was saying that one of the guys told him that the vine was the oldest one of that type in North America, right? Wheat Riesling, I think it was, grapes and all that stuff. And the, the roots actually went 22 feet deep, right? Was it 22 feet deep? Like, wow. And all you're seeing is like that, you know? It's like, it's so healthy, it's so deep, and it produces such good fruit. Um, but John 15:1, I just wanted to go over some of this today because I thought it was really applicable. Jesus is the vine. It says, I am the true vine, Jesus talking, and my Father is the vine dresser. You know, Jesus is the vine, the Father is the vine dresser, we are the branches, right? Yeah. And it's such a wonderful picture. And as I was thinking about this this week, I had this image of God in a loving Father as the vine dresser. And you know, the vine dresser's job is to walk around the vineyard and to get the most fruit out of his branches that he can. He's not out there with just these blades and cutting everything and chopping and, you know, like chainsaws. And, you know, that's kind of our image of God sometimes is, you know, we feel 
sometimes, unfortunately, Christianity is so disliked by God, and we probably would never really say that, but the vine dresser is a wonderful picture of God the Father walking around, tending to his branches, watering. Uh, it's just such a wonderful picture that God wants us to bear fruit. Like, you know, I feel like we're apologetic about that in, our ch- in the church in, in you know, America. Like, oh, if I say that, I'm so self-righteous. It's like, no, God wants you to bear fruit, right? And that it would remain. I heard this awesome story one time. I'll never forget it. I heard Bruce Wilkinson share this whole story. You know how the scripture, it says, um, any branches in me that don't bear fruit, he takes away. You know, so you automatically think, okay, it's odd. Any branches growing out of the vine, he takes away. I don't quite understand that. But, um, but so he was sharing this story. Bruce Wilkinson's a great writer. He's written all these really cool books. Um, but he was sharing, um, he had a friend who, was a, who owned a large, large vineyard in part of the country. And uh, so he was listening to him. I remember him saying, he's like, I heard that and I wanted to buy him coffee and listen and he was explaining, this guy who owned a vineyard said that, you know, the new branches that come out, the new branches tend to trail the ground. They grow, and they don't get up high enough, and they sort of trail the ground, you know? So they, they uh, and when they do that, they get dirt on them, you know, and they become dirty, and they become sick, and then they become mildewy, you know? So they need help, you know? So what he was saying. So Bruce asked him, so what do you do when it happens? You cut them off, throw it away? And he said, no, like they're far too valuable. I don't just cut them off and throw them away. I mean, it's taken so long for that thing to grow. So he says, no, what we do, and the people in the vineyard know this, is they have a bucket of water, they go around, and they clean all those branches that were on the ground. They take the dirt off of them. And then they lift it up, and they lift it back up onto a trellis or something where it can actually grow. And they grab it onto something so that it can grow up instead of growing on the ground. Um, and, uh, and he said, you know, soon after that, they're like doing awesome. They're thriving. Yeah, they just needed help to get up. And uh, I felt like, what a great picture of God the Father, you know, walking around the vineyard, taking branches that, you know, I mean, in, actually, when you look at that Greek word, take away, it actually, the primary meaning for that is usually to lift up. So it, to lift up, it, when I heard that, I was like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. Um, so that's the heart of God, is that branches that are in him, you may be in a season where I, you don't feel like you have borne a lot of fruit. Or there's an area in your life where you're saying, I don't feel like I've borne a lot of fruit there. Well, you know what? God cares about that. And he cares enough to be walking around, tending to his sheep, watering his plants, and picking up those branches that aren't bearing fruit, getting you tied up to the, you know, the trellis or whatever so you can grow and you can be vibrant. But that's the heart of God, yeah. is that if you're not bearing fruit, you know what? It's God's heart that you do, because it glorifies God when we bear fruit. Yeah. But don't feel, just because you've been in a season where you don't feel like you've borne a lot of fruit, know that that's the heart of God for you. Yeah. And I think sometimes shame comes in and it causes us to hide ourselves from God when at the same point, you could just be honest and say, you know what, I don't feel like I've really borne a lot of fruit in this area. God, would you help me? And I'll bet you he's already started and been working on that process in your life and trying to help you. you know? So it's such an awesome thing. That's such the heart of God, that we would bear fruit. You know? And you know, we see in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. It's peace. It's long-suffering. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. 
gentleness and self-control. Um, here's the reality, that when we, abide in cre- when we abide in Christ, we produce the fruit of the Spirit, right? When we abide in Christ, we produce the fruit of the Spirit. I love Jonathan had this t- uh, great quote when he was sharing. Jonathan did this whole apostolic five-fold teaching here back in July that was great. I sat through the whole thing and enjoyed it. It was awesome. When it hits, it's going to like take church to a whole other level. People understanding the gifts of apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, pastors. Um, but it was good. He had a thing that said that the fruit of the Spirit is not submission, it's self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is not submission to like an angry God or submission to a domineering pastor or something in your life. The fruit of the Spirit is learning self-control in that we want to honor one another through that. You know, it's, uh, It says sub- submit to one another, but not you know, submit to whatever. I mean, I think in Christian circles, the whole submission thing got really way, way, way out of hand. Um, but it's, it's about self-control, learning how to govern yourself. And we have the Holy Spirit to teach us self-control. Now, what I'm not saying is that pastors don't have room to speak in your life. Uh, I would hope that anybody here, certainly on a pastoral team, that you could go to and talk with and get insight from and help. And there's times where we hold people accountable in a healthy way. What is your potential? You know, I don't see you living up to your potential. Those are good conversations and necessary uh, but it's really about learning to abide in Christ, let the Holy Spirit in our lives teach us how to have self-control. Right? Amen? Amen. Okay, good, just making sure we're on the same page. <laughs> um, so I want to actually, um, I want to just share a few things in closing, but I want to kind of give a charge to you. Yeah, and I'm just going to kind of say some things over us that sound very basic, but I pray that these roots would go deep. And even as I share some of these, you know, just receive this if you feel like this is applicable to you. I'm just going to say over us that you are a tree, you are a plant, you are a branch. So get in good soil, wherever that is. Get in good and healthy soil. I encourage you to let your roots grow deep. Let your roots grow deep. Allow the Father to tend to you. You know, I think that's hard for us, but allow the Father to tend to you. And he's a gentle Father. You know, he doesn't come around, like I said, with chainsaws, cutting down things. I mean, he's, he's tending to the stuff in the vineyard. Let him pull weeds from your life. Let him prune branches so that it bears more fruit. Um, just a few thoughts here, too, even as we're closing. But, you know, New Hope is a kingdom greenhouse that is going to be bearing exponential fruit, I believe. Does anyone else feel that? I know I sure do. In a greenhouse, there are different stages of growth. There's different size plants. There's different plants. There's different varieties, and there's different types. There's different colors. It's an amazing, different sections of actually different types of plants all throughout the whole thing. There's growth happening. There's tending. There's watering. There's nurturing all to display beauty and to bear fruit. And I say that even over here. There's watering even today, even during worship, it's like, ah, you get watered, you know. Uh, You get tended to by the Lord. He he speaks to us. He fills us back up, you know. 
For those who feel depleted, you know, our hearts would be you come in here and you just feel the love of God and that you walk out of here like different. We were praying this morning that when you come in the doors, literally things fall off of you that you've been carrying or any hindrances that have been coming between you and hearing the voice of the Lord, that actually when you walk in the doors, it falls off. And then you can just engage into worship. And I always say it, but it's in worship where we are changed, we're transformed, we encounter God. We just have encounter after encounter after encounter after encounter, and you grow up into a big, big tree. Um, Bill Vanderbush was here in February. He shared some really interesting prophetic stuff with a group of leaders. And um, one of the things he said, he, he talked about John and Karen being here and just this international ministry that's been kind of started here. Jonathan has his office there, and uh, it's just like a, it's a parallel thing that we've been running the same type of track, same race. We share a lot of the same core values. And Bill, Bill felt, and he shared it prophetically, that there were going to be lots of movements springing forth out of here, that there were going to be many global ministries that are started here and that are launched, and that this would be a base for many, as they were first fruits. So I think that should encourage us, because that academy is having a huge impact. I mean, you have over a 1,000 students in it and all over the world, and people getting to understand the heart of the Father. The, the, the main thing I always hear from everyone who goes through the, the Bible school is, wow, I understand the heart of the Father so much yeah. more through the Bible than yeah. I did before. I'd say that's a pretty good result. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's the whole point, is we understand the love of Father, and we understand the love of Christ. And when we know that, we know our place in the body. You know, things start to come into alignment. It's when you don't know that and then you're trying and you're striving for all this stuff that, you know, um, God wants to say, I, I love you, you know, just chill, <laughs> chill. Um, but he talked about new, new movements springing up in here, global ministries. When Harold was here, Harold Eberly, if you remember back in May, just an, an apostolic guy, Bible teacher, I mean, had such a huge influence on the body of Christ. He said that there was a new stone, a new structure has been planted in the earth, a new harvest, a young army, a people coming forth to shake the earth. That is cool. That, that makes me excited. What doesn't make me excited is coming to church and going out the exact same way. Uh, I don't need that. I mean, I could go join a golf club and I could have the same type of reaction you know, I mean, it's like lots of clubs I could be part of, but if we're not walking out of here changed and transformed, then, uh, then we're doing something wrong. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, that's just a reality. So I love that. A people coming forth to shake the earth, and that line stuck with me. And there's uh, so much going on, and I just, you know, even here, I just feel people's hearts engaged in what God's doing. And we've just started. Um, there's so much going I could share about even with our youth and you know, we've been praying and we really haven't had, we've been asking the Lord for who is the right person to come alongside and lead our youth. If you haven't noticed, there's a lot of kids. And when you look around here and you look at how many of them go downstairs, um, there's a lot of kids for a church of our size. So um, they're all going to be going up through youth ministry. We don't want to drop the ball there. We want it, all the fruit that's been sown into them over the years, we want it to just be exponential growth. And God brought us Ben and Crystal, who are just amazing leaders. And, uh, I mean, it's just like, just watch out. I mean, they got more vision, more energy, and, you know, he's already pulled together a whole team, and he didn't even start yet. And start was September 1st. 
So I thought, I was telling him, Ben, I'm like, just slow down, come in and get to know our family, take the month of August and just dream and ask the Lord, he's going to download things to you and just in September, just start and maybe in January, be ready to launch some vision and stuff, you know. Well, it, he didn't even start until September 1st. He already had all the vision. They had their team put in place. They had the core values. They've got a roadmap of so much energy and passion. I'll tell you, you would want your kids in this youth group. Uh, you know, it's just, there's going to be missions opportunities coming up so fast and so much opportunities to serve and to grow and to experience God. It's pretty exciting. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. But I would encourage you, you know, um, however this relates to you, you know, you know, if this being a kingdom greenhouse, God's been speaking to us about expectancy and, uh, you know, getting ready for what he wants to do. And, uh, and, and it's already happening. I don't know if you noticed, but today is Labor Day weekend and the place was full. So next Sunday, I'm not going to be here. Pastor Ralph will be sharing the message. You can all still come. It's still going to be great. <laughs> it's a joke. Um, <laughs> Ralph and I have known each other for 25 years. <laughs> uh, it'll be really great. Um, so, but next week is actually, I would consider the first Sunday of our new year. You know, because you start after the summer, um, you have Labor Day weekend, kids go back to school, and no one's doing vacations after that point, you know, for six months, right? So next Sunday, I would encourage you actually to get here early, because we're going to probably have to pull out more seats. Uh, So if you come in at 1030, you might not have a seat. So just to, you know, maybe set that alarm, like John said, on Thursday night and start reminding yourself. Um, so anyways, let's just stand and just, you know, I just wanted to share some of that stuff today and kind of get us focused and geared for the season that we're coming into and for what God's saying, what he's speaking over us. Thank you, God. Bless you, Lord. Just hold out your hands, too. I just feel like even as we do this, you know, God just downloads stuff to us and we just get in a posture of just receiving for a minute. Lord, I I just release, Lord, just blessing on everybody here today, God. Holy Spirit, I just release just a new awareness of your goodness in their lives. Lord, I just release just a new sense of awe for you and for what you're doing, not just here but everywhere that you're using us, Lord. Lord, we even go into this next season just, you know, not in a posture of, gosh, been there, done that, you know, I've been saved for 30 years. What more can you show me? But it's like, Lord, we are open and we are hungry. Yeah. And hunger is contagious. Yeah. And Lord, we do not think we've had it figured out. We, we want to experience more of your goodness. There's so much to know about the depths of your love, to see that expand even to others that you're calling into this place. Lord, even today, I pray, Lord, even that uh, the roots, Lord, wherever you're calling us to plant, that we would put down roots and allow ourselves to grow up into a mighty, mighty tree that bears so much fruit and fruit that remains even beyond this time and beyond this life and beyond this season. Thank you, God, that that you've called us all to bear fruit and that we need each other to bear fruit and we can't just do it on our own but we're connected into the vine and there's many many branches and we're a branch connected to the vine that you're in us and we're in you i don't even understand how that all works it's just such an amazing mystery 
Lord, I pray for everybody here that there'd be a pioneering spirit release, Lord, even in this next season. For, and not just even in church, but I just see people even in their jobs and in your workplaces taking yeah. new ground and pioneering new strategies, coming up with new opportunities. In Jesus' name, Lord, thank you, yeah. God. Lord, we bless you. We honor you in this place. We love your presence, God. Thank you, God, that we're changed in your presence as we worship you and we declare how awesome you are. Bless you, God. Bless you, God. Bless you, God. We praise you, Lord. Lord, thank you for the picture of you as the vine dresser cares enough to go around and pick us up, to lift us up when we're down. You want us to bear fruit, Lord, and we want to go for that. Lord, go after that. We want to bear even more fruit in this life. Thank you, God. Bless you, Lord. Thank you for your presence even now, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Bless you, God. Thank you for the new people that you've added to this family, Lord, and that we can receive from those who are new and that even the new can receive from those who have been here and have been just stable mothers and fathers. Thank you for this multidimensional family of ages and generations. I want to close just with this scripture, Psalm 1, that the righteous shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf doesn't wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Lord, I release that over us today, God. Whatever we do, we prosper. Thank you, God. Bless you, Lord. We really hope you enjoyed this week's message. Please join us again sometime, and be sure to check out our exciting resources at newhopecom.org.